Sound of Football with your host, Colin Summer, brought to you by WHIP. What's up, guys? It's Sound of Football back with another episode. Hope everyone's doing well. It was definitely an interesting divisional round in football. Some unfortunate endings. Especially for me, it's very rough to talk about. We'll get to it at the end of the episode. It'll be sprinkled throughout, kind of. Really, really upsetting ending. To someone's career, we'll get to it. But it was definitely a great week of football from a fan perspective. A lot of crazy things happened. A lot of good games. We'll jump right into it. So, let's get right into our recap. So first, we have the Packers-Rams game, the first game to be played on Divisional Weekend. The Packers take this one 32-18. Aaron Rodgers goes 23 for 36 with 296 yards and two touchdowns. He also added a rushing touchdown. Aaron Jones on the ground had 14 carries for 99 yards and a touchdown. Alan Lazard had four catches for 96 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Adams, nine catches for 66 yards and a touchdown, and the defense totaled four sacks. No interceptions, no turnovers. It was a really, really solid game by Aaron Rodgers. It was pretty much dominant the entire game. Packers took this one by two touchdowns. I don't think they could ask for a better score by the end of the game. But on the opposite side, we have the Rams. Golf went... 21 for 27 with 174 yards and a touchdown. No turnovers. Cam Akers had 18 carries for 90 yards and a touchdown. He's been doing really, really well. He's good for their future. He's going to be a good running back. Josh Reynolds totaled three catches for 65 yards. Didn't have any touchdowns, but he led the team in yards. Van Jefferson, a rookie receiver, he had six catches for 46 yards and a touchdown. The problem with the defense this game didn't really help help out the Rams too much. They only had only well they had no sacks and they had no turnovers it really just wasn't a great game from the Rams offense nor their defense they couldn't I mean golf went 21 for 27 but he only had 174 yards I guess they couldn't get anything going vertically Cam Cam Akers averaged very well on the ground five yards per carry exactly did have the touchdown but last week I said that the way the Rams would be able to stay in this game was if Cooper Cup and Robert Woods got going but unfortunately they did not I believe that Robert Woods had something like eight, six, somewhere between six to eight catches for 48 yards. So he didn't do that much. And I didn't even see Cooper Cup on the stat list, but I'm sure he was there somewhere. I'm sure he got at least one catch. But again, offense couldn't get it going. Defense couldn't make any crucial turnovers or stops. Packers take this game with ease. Next, we got the Bills Ravens game. A pretty, pretty solid performance by the Bills. Not offensively, but defensively. Josh Allen went 23 for 37 with 206 yards and a touchdown. The team totaled 32 combined rushing yards. That's definitely a little bit scary going into their next game against the Chiefs. Diggs, Stephon Diggs has been absolutely magnificent all season. He had eight catches for 106 yards and a touchdown in this game. He continues his dominance. The defense had four sacks and they had that crazy pick six. Returned 101 yards. By Taron Johnson. Now, let's talk about Taron Johnson. Taron Johnson, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your name. Let's talk about him for a second. There's a viral clip on social media. You can probably see it on social media. You can see it on YouTube, anywhere. At the Combine, there was a player doing one of the drills. And while he was doing the drills, he got drilled 
no pun intended, in the head by a football. That was Teron Johnson. Well, in this game, he returned an interception 101 yards for a touchdown, and it was one of the biggest turning points in the entire game. It's just kind of crazy to think about. It's kind of a small world. This guy, kind of a meme made out of him, ends up making a crucial play on a big platform, so good for him. But a pretty solid game from the Bills. Again, not nothing crazy offensively, but the defense, that's what got it done in this game. Lamar Jackson went 14 for 24 <clears throat> with 162 yards, no touchdowns, one pick. He came out of the game due to a concussion. He had nine carries for 34 yards, I believe. He was replaced by Tyler Huntley in this game. They didn't have Trace McSorley because he had a torn ACL when he had to come in briefly from Lamar Jackson earlier in the season. RJ3 was also unavailable for this game. There were no outstanding rushers for the Ravens, but they did in total have 150 rushing yards between Gus Edwards, Huntley, J.K. Dobbins, and Lamar Jackson. Marquise Brown led the team with yards with 87 on four catches. The defense had two sacks, no turnovers. Pretty dominant game by the Bills, only let the Ravens score three points, so... Congrats to the Bills. Moving on to the AFC Championship. <clears throat> we got the Chiefs-Browns. Kind of a crazy game. The Chiefs win 22-17, to and we'll kind of get into how that happened. Prior to Mahomes getting hurt, he was 21 for 30 with 255 yards and a touchdown. What happened was is there was a hit, and the hit didn't even seem that crazy. But Mahomes got his head, uh, hurt his head pretty badly, because if, if you were watching it or you saw any clips of it, Mahomes stood up and pretty much was falling over as if he had no idea where he was. He looked absolutely clueless. It was a really scary sight. It's good that he got back up off his feet and didn't have to get stretchered off or anything like that. I'm hoping he's fine for next week. You don't want to see a player like him get hurt. But Chad Henney comes into the game. He goes 6-for-8 with 66 yards, and he did throw a really, really bad interception straight into the end zone. But Chad Henney saved the day. It was... I believe, third and 14. And Chad Henney, he's scrambling, he's looking, he's looking, scrambles to the left, starts taking off, hits, uh, uh, goes about 10 yards, and he's like, screw it, dude, I'm the backup, like, I just want to get this win. He dives head first, and that's like something a quarterback is literally told never to do. He dives head first, and just falls short, inches short of the first down, but it was just, it, he put everything on the line in that play. And then Andy Reid, uh, man, man, he took a risk. I, I didn't think they were going to go for it, but it's it's fourth and one. A little five-yard out route to Tyreek Hill ices the game. It was just crazy. The whole thing was just crazy. Darrell Williams led the team in carries and rushing yards with 13 for 78 CH did not play this game. I'm very shocked that Le'Veon Bell was not utilized more. I believe he had less than five carries. I only think he had two. You would think a guy like him with, with postseason experience would maybe get filtered in there a little bit more. But Daryl Williams held his own. 13 carries for 78 yards. Like I said, it's not too bad. Travis Kelsey, again, he's also been continuing his dominant season. He's the best tight end in the league, no questions asked. He had eight catches for 109 yards and a touchdown, and Tyreek Hill had eight catches for 110 yards and, a, and no touchdowns. The defense had an interception and one sack, no other turnovers, not many sacks, obviously only one sack, but in the end, they got it done. Baker Mayfield, 
Didn't have an insane day, but wasn't doing too bad. He went 23 for 37 with 204 yards and a touchdown. He threw one pick. Chubb had 69 total rushing yards. Hunt had 32 rushing yards, but he also had a touchdown. Rashard Higgins had five catches for 88 yards, and there was a very, very controversial call on his fumble that went out of the end zone. I'm seeing athletes saying that it's a dumb rule that if you fumble out of the end zone, it's the other team's ball. It's just it's kind of crazy to think about. But why it's controversial is because there was a blatant helmet to helmet on uh, on Rashard Higgins by uh, I, I believe Daniel Sorensen, linebacker for the Chiefs. Now, a lot of people saying, well, regardless, it should have been helmet to helmet, but some other people even implied that it could have been targeting. It was truly just a crazy play. Officials missed it. Officials do mess up sometimes, but honestly, now you could say, well, if Mahomes doesn't get hurt, this is a much bigger blowout. It wasn't really a blowout. It was five points, but it would have been a blowout. But as a Browns fan, you could say they got screwed over. I'm a Saints fan. I know what it's like, but you just got to take it and move on. That's all there is to it. Chiefs win this one, 22 to 17. This is the one that's hard to talk about. The Bucks win 30 to 20 over the Saints. Tom Brady went 18 for 33 with 199 yards and two touchdowns. He had also added a rush town rush touchdown. Leonard Fournette had 17 carries for 63 yards. He also added five catches for 44 yards and a touchdown. Ronald Jones had 13 carries for 62 yards. The team leader in reception not receptions, receiving yards was Cameron Brate with four catches for 50 yards. The defense didn't have any sacks, but they had three crucial interceptions and a fumble recovery. Drew Brees, 19 for 34. Not a a great game by Brees and not a great way to go out. But again, I'll get into everything a little bit later. He had a touchdown, three picks. Alvin Kamara had 18 carries for 85 yards. Traquan Smith had three catches for 85 yards and a two touchdown. Two touchdowns. He had 56 yards, I believe, alone on the one-trick play when Jameis Winston came in. The defense had one sack, no turnovers. It's truly just an unfortunate ending to what could be Drew Brees' career. Very, very hard to talk about. I think the biggest turn... Now, Brees, don't like. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to sugarcoat it or anything, but Brees did not play well. But I truly do blame this game on Jared Cook. He's been a liability all season. I swear to God, this guy lathers himself in Vaseline prior to the game. Anytime he catches the ball, I swear he's going to fumble every single time. It's happened way too many times this season. He's had numerous dropped passes this year. He's had numerous deflected passes that have turned into touchdowns. Jared Cook, uh, I liked you last year, and I, I'm just done with you. I know I think we either signed you for two or three years, but I'm so done with you. Uh, we The Saints had all the momentum in the world in this game. At the point when Jared Cook fumbled, we were up. The Saints were up twenty to thirteen. We were at the Bucks forty-five. We were moving, and this just completely shifted the entire outlook to the rest of the game. Now, you like I said, you say Drew Brees' three interceptions didn't certainly didn't help because those three inter well, out of four of those turnovers, they all led to points. It is what it is. But Jared Cook, you pretty much ended Drew Brees' career, in my opinion. I'm sorry, Drew Cook. Drew Cook. Jared Cook, you're done. You're cut. I don't want to ever hear your name ever again. Kind of a sour note on this game, but Tom Brady, and, and, and you know, I'm a big Drew Brees guy, but I, I'm fully aware as a football fan that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. Now, I did say whoever wins this game will go to the Super Bowl, and I'll get to that a little bit later, 
So I'm just going to stop talking about this game there. Bucks take that one 30 to 20. Outstanding performers. No one really had a crazy game this week. There was a lot of defense involved with everything. So I kind of just picked guys out who totaled most yards and stuff like that. So again, you have Stephon Diggs. He had eight catches for 106 yards and a touchdown. You had Leonard Fournette. He had 22 total touches for 107 yards and a touchdown. Aaron Jones had 15 total touches for 113 yards and a touchdown. Again, no no one really crazy. Aaron Rodgers had a really solid game. Travis Kelsey had a solid game. Tyreek Hill did well. But outside of them, it's there really wasn't anyone. Quarterbacks weren't really phenomenal this week outside of Rodgers. So. But congrats to these guys. I'm sure their performances helped their team leap into a win. As a matter of fact, everyone on this list, everyone that I have for outstanding performers, their teams are moving on. So congratulations to them. <clears throat> Moving on, we got our season awards predictions part two. This week, I'll be doing offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year. So, starting off with offensive, now this one's tight, but in the end, I'm going with Justin Herbert. Now, he only went six and nine as a starter, a lot of it was kind of out of his control. A lot they lost by. Their loss margin in terms of points was very, very slim. Justin Herbert had a, a, an insane rookie season. We can start out with how it began. Tyrod Taylor starts the first game, then gets his lung punctured, and Justin Herbert starts, and then the rest is history. He ends the season with a 66.6 completion percentage. He goes 396 for 595. On the year, he has 4,336 passing yards. He had 31 passing touchdowns and 10 interceptions. He also added five rush, 55 rushes for 234 yards and five touchdowns. So basically, 36 total touchdowns to 10 interceptions. Very, very good. He did break Baker Mayfield's rookie passing touchdown record. I think Justin Herbert is the clear face of the franchise now. There was a lot of skepticism over taking guy from Oregon who wasn't apparently a team leader. He wasn't very vocal, etc., he definitely proved a lot of people wrong this year. He looked absolutely fantastic. A very, very good rookie year from Justin Herbert. I, I'm taking Justin Herbert for offensive rookie of the year, but we can take a look at Justin Jefferson, who I have coming in second. Also an amazing year for him. He set the franchise record for, I believe, I, I don't know whether it was catches or yards. doesn't matter. Set a franchise record. Justin Jefferson had 88 catches for 1,400 yards and seven touchdowns. And to me, it was a really, really hard decision. He was such a very, very close second. But I just think that without, you know, Justin Herbert only went 6-9 as a starter. But if Justin Herbert's not playing and Tyrod Taylor's still the starter, their record would be significantly worse than what it actually was. So congratulations, Justin Herbert. I'm taking you for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Now, Defensive Rookie of the Year, I don't think there was any clear like not clear but I don't think there was anyone who had like some insane season like 100% rookie of the year like I think there's two main guys for offensive rookie of the year but for defensive rookie of the year I'm taking Chase Young now, don't get me wrong I do think that he had a great year he started 15 games he had seven and a half sacks four pass deflections four forced fumbles and three of those were recovered he had one touchdown I believe off those one of those uh forced fumbles I don't know if he forced it but you get the point 
He totaled 44 tackles. He had 10 tackles for losses, 12 QB hits, and 23 pressures. It was truly a good season from him. I don't think it was anything spectacular, but it was a very, very solid rookie year. And he's part of a defensive line, a very young defensive line that's going to be good for a while, most likely. Now, in second place, I have Jeremy Chin. My thing, my, the difference between Jeremy Chin and Chase Young, in my opinion, was that Jeremy Chin, as good as he was, he kept, he was very inconsistent at times. But his stats are, he had an interception, he had five pass deflections, he had two forced fumbles and two fumble recoveries and two touchdowns. He had that wild sequence um, in one of his games where he had back-to-back uh, fumble recovery touchdowns on back-to-back plays. It was insane. He also had a sack. He totaled 117 tackles, which is really good for a rookie. He had two tackles for losses, five QB hits. Uh, again, a very, very close second, but I just think it was the inconsistency that did it for me. Well, Meanwhile, Chase Young, he was always getting pressure. He just had a very solid season. So for defensive rookie of the year, I'm taking Chase Young. So congratulations, Chase Young. That's it for the Season Award Predictions Part 2. Next week, we'll probably do Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and then the week of the Super Bowl, I will most likely do MVP, so stay tuned for that. Next, we got NFL Draft 2 Early Top 10. So I'm going to kind of be doing this until the draft because things obviously change. Players move up, players move down the draft board. We all know how it goes. I also want to say once the season is over, I'm going to be doing recordings every other week. I mentioned my around the NFL perspective, uh, like fan perspective, and I'm hoping I can get that done too. Have some people hop on the episode. A lot of really good things coming, but the start to this transition into the offseason begins with my NFL draft to early top 10, like I said. So I'm just basically going to be naming some players, 1 through 10, how I think they're going to go, maybe a little bit of reason why they're going to go. Let's just get into it. So for the Jags, we got Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from Clemson. We saw this was a long time coming. We thought the Jets were going to tank all year, go 0-16, have their guy, but that's not the case here. Jets get robbed solid. They obviously don't have the first overall pick. They have the second overall pick, but they're likely to stick with Rob Solid. But it does not matter. The Jags cannot mess up this pick. You take Trevor Lawrence. There's nothing else to it. He has been touted as one of the better QB prospects in a long time. I don't think that you can mess this up in any way. Besides, the only way you mess it up is if you don't pick the name Trevor Lawrence. That's all I got to say. Jets, again, have the second pick. I don't think they go quarterback here. I think that they say, okay, Sam Darnold, we might sign you to a one-year contract. And just see how things go. I think that he needs more protection. You could say that he needs more weapons. But I think that they have the cap space to sign a weapon. Potentially Allen Robinson. They keep Sam Darnold. They beef up the O-line with the second overall pick. I think they go with Penny Sewell out of Oregon. He's an offensive tackle. He's been very, very high on the draft boards for a while. That's who I have the Jets taking. Now, for the Dolphins at number three, I have them taking Devonta Smith, wide receiver, Alabama. I do think that Jamar Chase is the best receiver in this draft class. However, Devonta Smith, just he did just win the Heisman Award. He had one of the most dominant wide receiver seasons there's ever been in the history of college football. The Dolphins, if they take a wide receiver, obviously it's going to be the guy who went, won the Heisman. I believe that Devonta Smith is the first wide receiver off the board, and he's selected by the Dolphins with the third overall pick. 
the Falcons. I think it's time for them to move on from Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. I think they get shipped out somewhere. And I believe the Falcons take Justin Fields with this pick, QB from Ohio State. Justin Fields, he's the one who knocked Trevor Lawrence out of the college football playoffs this year. I'm a little concerned because I do see him. I'm not a big fan of Ohio State quarterbacks. I don't think they produce once they get into the NFL. But Justin Fields, he's been a good prospect for a long time. He has the potential to maybe change that stereotype. But again, I think the Falcons are getting up there in age, and I think they kind of got to get a, a fresh restart. And I think by doing so, as they get a new face to the franchise, with that being Justin Fields. Bengals, wide receiver from LSU. They take Jamar Chase. Now, I could see them dropping back with this pick to take an offensive lineman because they do have a good offense already if Joe Mixon stays healthy and Tyler Boyd. And T. Higgins make for a nice duo. However, Joe Burrow does have a connection with Jamar Chase. Now, college football connections, wide receiver, quarterback connections don't always match up in the NFL because obviously schemes are different and so on. But I think that the Bengals give Burrow as many weapons as he needs so that offense can flourish. They could probably sign an offensive lineman uh, during the offseason, but I think they stick with Jamar Chase here with a fifth overall pick. I think it's it's a very solid choice, Jamar Chase. Sixth, I have the Eagles taking Micah Parsons. Now, it's probably not going to happen because Howie Roseman thinks that linebackers are invincible, that they're not important, they're not essential to the team, but to me... A linebacker, a very, very good linebacker, sets the tone for the entire defense. Michael Parsons, not too far, pretty practically local at Penn State. I think he would be a perfect fit for the Eagles. They're running with Alex Singleton as their best linebacker, and I have nothing against him, but he's certainly not a number one linebacker. They need a guy to step up, control the entire defense. You have some other guys who are getting there in age, like Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. They're not, I mean, Fletcher Cox is a little bit older than Brandon Graham, but they are getting up there. I think Michael Parsons needs to be drafted with this pick. If they go anywhere on offense with any of these picks, I think that's stupid. I think that Jalen Gore, although they should have taken Justin Jefferson last year, could still has time to do well. But with this pick, I believe they should take Michael Parsons. <clears throat> the Lions. Similar to what I'm saying about Matt Stafford, or not Matt Stafford, similar to what I'm saying about Matt Ryan, is that He's getting up there in age. They're coming. I have nothing against Matt Stafford. I would take him on the Saints in a heartbeat. But I think that the Lions just need an, a new face in town. And I think they go with quarterback from BYU, Zach Wilson. He had a great year. He's one of the better QB prospects on the board. There's pretty much five quarterbacks that could potentially go in the first round with Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, and... I'm forgetting the last part, Mac Jones. I think that Zach Wilson is the third quarterback taken off the board. I do think that Matt Stafford gets shipped somewhere else, whether it be Denver, San Francisco, Miami, doesn't matter, anywhere. And I think that they, the Lions have been miserable for years and they need just a brand new team. And that starts with Zach Wilson. Panthers, <clears throat> their defense has been suffering. I don't necessarily think that they need anything on offense. They could use a really good linebacker, potentially, if Michael Parsons drops. But cornerback-wise, I think that they're also very weak. Dante Jackson is a solid two, but when he steps up as a number one, it doesn't always go well. So I think they pick Patrick Sertain, the second cornerback from Alabama. Uh, it's the son of one of the greater quarterbacks the game's seen. 
I don't think you can really go wrong with this pick. This is more of the best player available off the board at this point in time. Patrick Sertain, he had a great season at Alabama. There's not really much else to say. I think the Panthers don't mess up this pick, take the best player off the board, which would be Patrick Sertain. Broncos, I think they go with Quiddy Pay, defensive end from Michigan. Broncos, the Broncos defense isn't all that bad, but you got to understand that Von Miller isn't getting any younger. You have Bradley Chubb, who somehow was a pro bowler this year. Couldn't really tell you. I'm pretty sure he was a pro bowler this year. His stats aren't that great. He is, he, Bradley Chubb really hasn't panned out, especially for, I believe, what? He was a six overall pick. Hasn't been, hasn't really lived up to what his potential was supposed to be. But the Broncos need to find a way to get more pressure. Now you could say they go with, again, drop back, get a defense, defensive, offensive lineman, protect Drew Locke at all costs, give him a ton of time. They've got plenty of receivers. they got K.J. Hamler, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. They, I still think if they get a good offensive line, they they could have a run game with uh, Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. But I think they go with Quiddy Pay with this pick. You can't really go wrong with anything on defense. It might not pan out, but anything, you know, to give the defense an extra edge, the defense sets the tone of the game. Quiddy Pay, I think, goes ninth overall to the Broncos. And last but not least, with the 10th pick, the Cowboys, what has torched them all year has been their awful cornerback play. Trayvon Diggs is still young, but he was getting burnt early in the season. Locked it up a little bit towards the end, but he's still not great. I think they go with the cornerback from Virginia Tech, Caleb Farley. Now, you might be thinking, well, quarterback, a cornerback from Virginia Tech, not really like a great, I'm not saying they're not a great football school, but it's not really like one of your highlight real players. He's just a very solid overall player. I know LSU has some defensive backs that potentially might enter the draft that might move up and up on the board, but I'm not entirely sure. But for now, I have Caleb Farley going to the Cowboys. They need that secondary help. Their secondary is absolutely broken. Linebackers, if they stay healthy, Jalen Smith, Liam Van Der they, they're very solid. The defensive line, I could even see these two picks getting switched with Caleb Farley going to the Broncos because they lost Chris Harris Jr. in the offseason. Although Bryce Callahan did step up, but I do see the Cowboys going with a defensive piece specifically for the secondary. So Caleb Farley, I think, is going 10th. Now, that's it for my two early top 10, and we'll come back with it next week. Conference round picks. My picks for this week. Man, I'll start with the AFC Championship. If Mahomes plays, I still think it's going to be a close game. I just, I have a hard time going against Mahomes. He's just that good. I have the Chiefs winning 38-33 to in this game, but I do believe that the Bills could very well win this game. I just think that Mahomes makes things happen that other quarterbacks can't really do. Very select few of them. I love Josh Allen. I think he's fantastic by all means, but I have the Chiefs winning this one 38-33. NFC Championship, I did, and I said this earlier in the episode, but what I've been saying to people is that whoever won the NFC Championship game even me, after just saying how much I like Mahomes and how good I think he is, I said whoever won the the Saints Bucks games was gonna win the Super Bowl or at least go to the Super Bowl. I'm gonna stick to my word. I think that the Bucks win 31 to 27 against the Packers. 
The Bucks shut them down earlier this season. Now it might be snowy, very cold. In Lambeau, it's very hard to go into Lambeau and win. But it's Brady. He's played in the cold weather before. He knows what he's doing. But I'm taking the Bucks in this game. That's it for the episode. I have only one more thing to talk about. I just wanted to do a little bit of a tribute to Drew Brees. This is very hard for me to do. If I choke on my words, bear with me. Drew Brees, what's the he was the player, and there's a lot. There's at least one for every per and every NFL fan, me m- most likely. But Drew Brees was he was the player that made me love football. He's the reason why I got into football. When I was five, six years old, I don't even know how I found out about him, but I had him written all over my schoolwork. I don't know how his stats got on there, but his stats were there along with Maurice Jones-Drew. And even though I grew up in South Jersey and it's mainly Eagles fans around me, I just, it could have been the Jags that I rooted for at the time or the Saints. And at the time, I guess I chose to be a Saints fan and a lot of that clearly has to do with Drew Brees and as I got older and older I started looking more into his background who exactly he is and man he's just not even as a football player me watching football and seeing how the amazing things and the accolades and everything but he's just such a good person off the field he's a family guy first you look at his social media pages not much about football all really about his family he's just a great person but uh This is very hard for me because I really don't want him to retire. As a Saints fan, though, I do want to see what they do in the future. And I think that, no offense, no offense, Breeze, but you are a little washed at this point. He is 42 years old. His arm strength's down. I think it's his time. But in his career, he went 172 for 114. He has a 67.7% completion percentage that ranks first all time. He has 7,142 completions, which also ranks first all time. He is the first quarterback to ever hit 80,000 passing yards, and he finishes with 80,358 passing yards, which also ranks first all-time. He is second all-time in touchdowns with 571. He was the first-team all-prower. He was a 13-time Pro Bowler. He was the Offensive Player of the Year in 2008 and 2011. He was a Walter Payne Man of the Year. He has a Super Bowl ring from when he beat the Colts. In the Super Bowl, obviously, against Peyton Manning. Against Peyton Manning. I don't think people remember that, but he played Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. Beat Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. We all know Peyton Manning's up there for one of the greats as well. But truly an outstanding career from Drew Brees. Uh, I'm I'm very grateful to have watched him play. I'm very grateful to have been a fan of him all these years. 20 years old is very hard to move on from. Uh I'm a big fan of a lot of different sports, but I think in all sports, outside of baseball, I'm a huge baseball fan, but in terms of just football, there was no one like Drew Brees. He's the first NFL jersey I ever got. I have so much respect for Drew Brees, so much respect for his decision, whatever he wants to do, but it's likely that he's going to retire. I almost shed a tear last night at the end of the game, but... Truly a great career from Drew Brees, and thank you. Thank you from me, other Saints fans, and fans around the league. So that's it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed, and I just have one last question. Are you down to football?